Hello, and welcome to Not Quite Great Books, a TV podcast. I am one of your hosts, John McMahon, and no one is joining me on the other line. It is just me to record this quick intro. Danielle and I, in the end of our episode on Moon Knight, season one, episode six, the finale of Moon Knight, ended up getting into a discussion about the MCU, about content and IP that touched on some kind of themes that is common to all the entirety of the Not Quite Books, Not Quite Great Books enterprise throughout our few months of existence so far. And it uh, encapsulates a lot of the disagreements about how we not only see particular TV shows, but also our understanding of what art means, whether aesthetic judgment is a valid or elitist thing in the first place, and of course, whether our old dear friend Max Horkheimer from the Frankfurt School is a viable interlocutor for any of these sorts of questions. So for this week, we decided to release this on its own as a little bit of a kind of meta episode, Um, even though you might have already heard this if you somehow made it to the last 20 or 30 minutes of our two plus hour long Moon Knight finale episode a couple of weeks ago. So in the meantime, enjoy MCU v. Horkheimer. want to take into the cave with us. Danielle, it's who I want to take in the cave before I even knew that this was a segment about the MCU that we were going to do before we even were podcasting about the MCU, like eternal primordially to my core. I have wanted to bring the Frankfurt school to the MCU. Will you permit this? John, it's our last episode and you have of MCU stuff and you have made it through 11 without doing this. Yeah. Have I'm impressed by myself. I'm impressed by you too, because I wouldn't have made it through that many episodes. Like let her rip, man. Okay. So I've been thinking about this one. I've been working on this one. I may have texted quotes and allusions to this to Danielle and to actually producer Amy maybe on a separate thread than the one that Danielle and Amy and I are on together. It was a separate thread. Correct. Okay. So there's a lot of places one could go. We could go with Adorno or Horkheimer and Adorno together on the culture industry. We could go with Marcuse on one dimensionality. We go with Marcuse on like the sublimation of erotic energy into capitalist formations. These are totally viable. We could do that. But for a paper that I'm working on with a couple uh, a couple of friends of ours, uh, I have been reading a lot of Max Horkheimer lately. So we're just going to go straight up Horkheimer in the Do Eclipse it. of Reason for our Frankfurt School uh, tearing down of this entire project. Okay. Our podcast included, so I recognize my own complicity in what it is Horkheimer's describing. So I'm just going to read, you know, a choice passage. This is page 35 of the Eclipse of Reason. Uh, I want to say 1947 was when this was first published. Chapter and verse. Yeah, absolutely. Don't worry. Don't worry. This is towards the end of the first chapter of Eclipse of Reason. Quote, he's talking about um, subjective and instrumental rationality. Quote, in order to prove its right to be conceived, each thought must have an alibi, must present a record of its expediency. Thought must be gauged by something that is not thought, by its effect on production or its impact on social conduct. And then here comes the key part. 
uh, as art today is ultimately being gauged in every detail by something that is not art, be it box office or propaganda value. And so Horkheimer is making the argument in kind of the broader context of his discussion of the way that there's a kind of waning um, historically across Western culture of emphasis on on philosophical thinking and thought on kind of notions of reason that ask broader questions about kind of purpose or morality or object objectivity or truth or things of that nature, that there's a subsumption of all thought, critical, analytical evaluation, all, in this case, aesthetic evaluation that loses any reference to broader ideals or to broader notions of what could constitute thought or philosophy or aesthetic goodness or something like that. Everything gets subsumed into a means end form of reasoning that's about does the means achieve this capitalist oriented or self-interested or desire sublimated desire oriented end. And the way that he takes that with regards to art is that art is being ultimately engaged in every detail by something that is not art. That is to say that art in an era of instrumental reason is judged not by its aesthetic uh, skill or its aesthetic kind of generativity or something like that, but rather, as he says, it's box office or propaganda value. The what are the, does this piece of art fulfill a limited and is it the proper means for doing so? And so the rest of this segment kind of writes itself, right? It's the standard sort of critiques that I would make that like when everything becomes content or everything becomes a property, there's less of an emphasis or perhaps minimal or no emphasis on is this an aesthetically worthy project? Instead, it's a how does this fit within the ends of this extended universe? Does it connect this one story to the next? And or does it have box office or propaganda value? What are the means? What are the ends? And how they're disconnected and severed from anything like aesthetic evaluation analysis or judgment. This I can keep your, going, but I'll this stop. This is your fucking catnip. Yeah, like, absolutely. like, oh, a place where we can locate the definition of what art is against what it's not is like everything you exist in. Especially <laughs> in the persona that's mostly real that I've adopted for the MCU podcast. Yeah, it's mostly about. real. <laughs> but it's the, you know, so obviously like Martin Scorsese got a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Some of it earned, admittedly, for like his takes on Marvel and all of that. Yeah. But, like I think the fundamental point he's trying to make is that there is a difference between the purpose and goal of something that understands itself as cinema or film or art or aspiring towards that and something that is aspiring to be content. Like that those are different aims or ends I, and thus the means are different. Like I, I, agree, I, I that, that I think that. is like fundamentally the point he's making. I don't and think of that's course right. he is attaching a judgment to it and I'm attaching a judgment to it. And maybe that's where you and I would then differ. But, I think yeah. that's the problem, right? Like the problem. So first of all, like I think the part of Horkheimer that I'm bristling at is not necessarily the like the critique or the way in which you're thinking about the critique as applied to Marvel. I think like the, for me, it's like a step before that, which is I think the part of the Scorsese critique that I bristle at, which is like, who 
the fuck are you to decide what is and is not art, right? Like what's art to you and what's art to someone else? Like, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying like the, the, the you of the critic, right? Like there's something fundamentally elitist about that. That is like really, really challenging for me. And like, that doesn't mean that the critique, I I think like, in fact, there are elements of the critique that you just offered and that you, that you, John McMahon have offered throughout like these two seasons of the podcast that like make a lot of sense. But the minute it, for me, it is attached to like, I am doing the defining or I am adhering to a definition of what counts as art and I'm policing the boundary into that. Like that's where it starts to get really tough for me. Okay. I, I hear that. And I have kind of two sets of responses and one yeah. is a Horkheimery one. And then one is a me one. Okay. And the me one is like, okay, like call that elitist if you want, but like pick one's favorite Scorsese movie that is aspiring to something very different than what a Marvel, the best Marvel movie is aspiring to be like, those are aspiring to be qualitatively different things. Yes. But aspiring to be something different does not necessarily, this is the part where the judgment comes in, right? I'm with you. Like what Scorsese, I don't think I've ever seen a Scorsese movie, which oh like, my God. Okay, <laughs> like podcast over now. We're done. Now yes. it's done. Now this is the flip side. Perfect ending. Is Gangs of New York Scorsese? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that. Why is there an elephant in that movie? Anyway. (laughs) But like. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. A deep cut. But like the aspiring to be something different, serving different ends. Again, I think like that is all incredibly valid, but the, the judgment that then gets attached that like, what's wrong about the judgment itself, not the act of judging, but what's incorrect about the judgment itself. I think it's the act of judging. That's a problem, right? Like saying that what Marvel or what, any, I pick your favorite IP generator here, right. Or your least favorite, whatever, like, what they're aspiring to do does not count as art. Like that to me is a problematic judgment because it requires a like police definition of what counts as art. Like, like why is, I don't know, Scorsese having a fucking like zoo or a circus, like, you know, crumble. And there is an elephant running on screen for five minutes of that fucking movie. Like, why is that art? And, and like, why isn't the ability to like, I don't know, create a cinematic universe? Like, why doesn't that count as art? I'm not saying it should, but I'm just saying the, like the premise that some things should, should count and are judged as like aesthetically, like, like, we say aesthetically better. I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable I, well, with I was going to say aesthetically intelligent because I think or the that. other piece of this is like it's the entry of reason in a really, uh, again, like problematic way that also like makes it tough for me. I guess like I there's that's there's the no one way. part of the Horkheimer where I would have some beef with him is on the his notion of objective reason, although he yeah. he complicates what objective reason sure. is and has done. So then let me reason by analogy, perhaps with you that. Oh no. Can, <laughs> would you agree? And I think I 
think I know the answer to this because we've talked about this in any number of times in our careers outside of not quite great books. There are some political theorists that we find to be qualitatively doing better political theory than others. Yeah, but I, yes. However, like I am always willing to put forward the caveat that like what I find qualitatively enjoyable, intelligent, like pleasing, whatever is specific to me and to the like kinds of questions I'm willing to ask. Now, do I like think that I'm, I'm that you and I are asking more interesting questions than other people? Sure. So I'm not saying that like we shouldn't do any of this judging and we don't do it in other places, but like it is frustrating. There's, there's something about the like the extending the analogy to just like a full on dismissal of like all of these different and some of them weird, some of them not pieces of IP. Like, okay, if it's part of IP, it just like, it's off the list. Like, I don't know. There's something really unsatisfying and, and, and like aesthetically lazy about that. Like, which is not to say like, oh, you have to accept all of Moon Knight whole hog. And we had this discussion vis-a-vis Loki and Moon Knight over the course of the last three months. But it's like, what are the pieces of this that feel worth exploring, worth taking up that like you could do something different with? Like that to me, like the ability of something to like generate a conversation, a set of thoughts, like disagreements, like there is something like there's something generative about that. Yeah. That's that's maybe different than like what Scorsese wants us to be doing yeah. on screen. So let me do a both and. And the one half of the both and is that I somewhat agree with that last point in the sense that like clearly I have been willing to take you know, 12 episodes of MCU shows, like on aesthetic terms and submit them to aesthetic judgment, which to me is like an act of respect. Even if I retain this broader umbrella of like judging them as qualitatively different and having different ends. So that's kind of one half of the both and another half of the both and being very animated by this and knocking my (laughs) Um, but the other half of the both and is that like, I think saying that it's the act of judging is the problem. Like, doesn't fully answer the criticism that's being made in the sense that like MCU shows or the MCU by its own admission is doing something different and has a different purpose. And by the very nature of having that different purpose, like if we just, I I don't think it's satisfying intellectually or aesthetically or critically to say that these are two different purposes and I love all purposes the same. And I don't, and I'm not going to make judgments about them. I'm not asking them. for that. So, but I, I, so I think that like the, it'd be different if the MCU had aspirations that were different than the aspirations it has. If we agree that the ends are different, then that invites invites the judgment and the analysis and the evaluation. And like, I'm fine with, if it makes me elitist to say that like, I think there is more art in choose random Scorsese movie than choose random MCU property. And this, like the fact that content and property are the ways in which we talk about this is a tell to me. Like I'm fine with being elitist if that's being elitist. Okay. One last point on this. Okay. Yes. Which is, I think the fact that we, 
we could very easily extend the like language of property to the movies that Scorsese made. Sure, sure. They are also yeah. part of the 100%. machine of capital. hundred percent. I think that that's like also like that's another place where like this is challenging to me because it's like and again I think like you explaining sort of your like like capitalistic critique of like MCU properties last week was really helpful for me but like it this is not like some black box theater like in a bill, in, a uh, in the percent. back streets like, of Queens Netflix like, spent you know 250 million on the Irish mid completely I will never watch it in fact I'm very Irish I will never watch this movie right but like these this is also part of the capitalist machine so yeah. I, I think like part of it for me is like I understand listen taste is subjective fine I'm happy for you to like Scorsese movies and for me to like MCU. And Scorsese is like not my favorite director. No, 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 like fine. But like, he's a useful, a uh, helpful. Yeah, I'm even. I'm willing to to submit that like the MCU is a much more machine like in the machine of capital. Yeah, but like. Netflix movies, yeah, blockbuster agreed. films, like agreed. pick your favorite filmmaker, yes. like every, like that, that's, it's like the same, the unwillingness to, of me to engage the like act of judging and like, like the laziness of that is the same, like there's a parallel laziness to the like, well, like MCU is about capitalism, but like, I don't know, like, uh, Kill Bill 2 is not. It's like Kill Bill 2 is, but... <laughs> right, but, like, I think there are plenty of people who having this conversation would be like, oh, but Tarantino. And it's like, Tarantino yeah, no, yeah. is also uh, making money machine. A hundred percent the more aesthetically reaching for something different, like, film is also part of a capitalist machine. A hundred percent. I would not deny that. There's one more Horkheimer point that I want to make, and I'll try to make it briefly. Yeah. And that is, it, it goes, it's in this question of like reception ultimately. I, you have expressed skepticism over the act of the judging of like Marvel is aesthetically inferior or whatever. Yeah. But like one of Horkheimer's points that I think is quite interesting that he makes throughout the first couple chapters of Eclipse of Reason is that within instrumental reason, as it becomes kind of married to capitalism, it then passes judgment on that which aspires to philosophy or aspires to aesthetic truth or whatever, to use some of his terminology, to be like frivolous and pointless and meaningless. So it's not like the judgment's only coming from one side. Like then to like update that for our conversation, yeah. I'm sure, and this is not you, I 100% do not implicate you in this, but I'm sure there's any number of like MCU fans who would dismiss like, art film, critically celebrated art film du jour is like laughably pointless because like it's an art film, right? So it's like the yeah. judging is not a one-way street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, do I think one act of judgment is good and the other is bad? I do. And that's the yeah. difference between us. Yeah. And I think like, I'm glad that Horkheimer has like a little bit of um like a little bit of balance in there, but I think it's just like, 
Oh, Horkheimer has, has no balance in this. <laughs> or you're finding some balance in Horkheimer. Like I am, I just like don't, and, and we talked about this a different time, but the impulse to gatekeep and then the justification, the like intellectual justifications that defend gatekeeping, which is like kind of where I, how I'm thinking about Horkheimer. And admittedly, I haven't read Horkheimer. So like I'm, I'm just going off this little piece, but like there is, something really reminiscent and like to go back to your analogy about political theory of the like oh you read this book and you liked it we all thought it was trash like you're getting something wrong and like I just think that like as a culture we are so quick to like throw out the like you're getting something wrong and it's just like what if there was a plurality of ways to be right and I'm not sure that as, as you've laid it out, that like, that is a possibility. And that I just like, I want it to be more, I want, that's like the, 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 the mode of inclusion that I'm interested in. Yeah. And obviously like I have, even before doing the podcast, but especially doing the podcast with you, like I've become more, I've become way less optimist and way less like, plurality of aesthetic uh, pursuits and it becomes so more single-minded and there are parts of that that I like and parts of that about myself that I don't like so <laughs> here we are we have ourselves use Moon Knight as a uh, version of uh, self-exploration I don't know if I'd say that uh- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on another episode of Not Quite Great Books, a TV podcast. It was created by Daniel Hanley and John McMahon, and indirectly, producer Amy. You can find us on Twitter at NotGreatBooksTV. You can email us at NotGreatBooksTV at gmail.com. If you have comments or questions that we might potentially read and respond to on air, subscribe, download, rate, review us, tell your friends to find us at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We would like to thank Less FM for Electro Trend 60s, which is the music that you heard at the beginning and you are hearing right now. Until next time, go play some racquetball.